welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, giving a voice to young clinicians worldwide. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to be the dental industry leader in in-depth, informative and motivational interviews with some of the world's leading clinicians, academics and experts with your host, Dr. Omid Azami. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. In this week's episode, I had the awesome privilege of doing a crossover episode with the Dental Digest, which is hosted by Dr. Melissa Seibert. Dr. Melissa Seibert is a dentist working in the Air Force in the United States and also runs Dental Digest, which is a clinical podcast, about 40 episodes so far, and they are all just jam-packed with clinical tips and tricks and very evidence-based. So if you're looking to stay up to date with the latest and greatest, be sure to check out Dental Digest. In this episode, we talk about why we got into dental podcasting, some of the stories and the lessons and experiences we've had hosting a dental podcast, and also talk about some of our plans for the future for the podcast. We then kind of went off course and started talking about some of the many things that we have in common, including self-improvement, habit formation, mindfulness, morning routines, diet, favorite books, and much, much more. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed recording it. And as always, if you are a new listener, welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you for supporting the show through this amazing growth that it has been experiencing over the past few months. It would mean a lot to me if you have some time to head over to iTunes and give the show a five-star rating. And if you got the time, please leave a review. Without further delay, I hope you enjoy this interview with the amazing Dr. Melissa Seiberg, host of Dental Digest Podcast. What was the inspiration behind the Newbie Dentist Podcast? Yeah, so I started back in, so I, de- I finished dental school in 2016. I'm from Canada originally, so I'm from Toronto, and I came to Australia for dental school. And when I graduated in 2016, we moved back uh, home to Toronto. And it was tough because I I'd built like a really good network and a good you know, through the demonstrators at the university and being involved in the community and uh, being involved in like the student societies and stuff. I had like a really sweet network here. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be good for jobs and, and getting opportunities that way. So moved back to Toronto and I was like, man, it's like so hard because I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone in the dental industry. I have no connections or anything. And so I started the podcast mostly because I was also a big podcast like fan myself. You know, I started, you know, like Mark Costas, like dentalpreneurs and dental hacks and like dentistry uncensored with like Howard Ferran and stuff. Those podcasts I kind of discovered maybe like third year dental school. And I would like listen to them on my way to school. And, and it was all really business oriented, which I liked at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to open a practice and I'm going to do it this way. And so when I graduated, I didn't have sort of any like mentors or anything like that just locally. So I decided to just get on Instagram and start the Newbie Dentist Instagram account. And then eventually, as I'm sure you know, it's 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 not easy to like put yourself out there and like create content and oh, what if like no one listens to it? What if it just like comes crashing down and like burns down? Like, so finally I, I reached out to like three people and I was like, I need accountability here. So I said, guys, please come on the podcast. Let's just see how it goes. So I recorded those initial three, put them out there. And then just kind of things, I guess I've over the years, like snowballed a little bit and things are starting to grow. And and you have like these milestones along the way. And, I, and obviously your, your you know, Dental Digest podcast is much more professionally done. Like when I started, it was more of like a hobby. I'm just kind of doing it in my, you know, spare time and things, but yeah, it's cool. You get those, you know, you're like your first thousand downloads, your first 5,000, your first 10,000. Oh, some guy in like someone in like Africa downloaded it or someone in Asia downloaded it. So it's cool that it becomes global in, in a way in its own small sense. And you get downloads and you get messages from people saying, Oh, I'm in Denmark and I just listened to your podcast on my drive to work. And you're like, wow, that's like insane. Like, so that's where it sort of has like started and blue, like blossomed and um, and now it's had more time in this past six months as a lot of us have because we can't go out and have a social life or anything. So, so it's really uh, been a big growth. Like I rebranded the, I made the more like more of a professional kind of look from my my initial little Photoshop logo that I made. And yeah, the, like listeners have like tripled in the past like six months, and opportunities are kind of coming up. So it's really exciting, and you know, just having the opportunity to do collaborations like this with yourself and get your perspective because you have a podcast and you're you're in the U.S. and I'm here in Australia. It's just like this connectivity that we have in the community is amazing now. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> this is almost more of a therapy session though. Like <laughs> the trials and tribulations of having a dental podcast with a full-time job. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it has become such a discipline. Oh my gosh. Like basically pretty much to and from work, I'm always listening to podcasts about how to improve a podcast really? or I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like constantly trying to like a lot of my spare time goes to trying to like get better. And yes, yeah, like creating content, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's tricky. What's what was your uh, first of all, like I, when I saw the name of your podcast, I'm like, how the hell did nobody else think of this earlier? Like it's such a like perfect. Oh. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a winner. So what was your sort of inspiration and how did you start off? You know what? Okay, so how about this? So I'm a I'm a big nerd. Like in in many regards, I feel like I'm a bit of a closet nerd. So like in high school, you know, I took AP Chem, for example, and people would be like, did I just see you coming out of AP Chem? And I was like, <laughs> oh no, it's remedial chemistry, you know? So so I mean I really like I love learning. Like I will yeah. binge watch spear education over Hulu any day. Yeah. You know, like I love learning. I try to read like dental literature every night before I go to bed. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful that I love it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because um, (laughs) life would be really hard if I didn't like dentistry. (laughs) And so, you know, in dental school, I would kind of be obnoxious to my professors, but I would constantly be asking them like, why? And just wanting more of an explanation. And I think honestly, some of them, it probably drove them crazy, (laughs) but I really love to learn. I love to have a conversation about it. And then, you know, I was very fortunate to go, to go, doing an AGD residency with the Air Force where I got to learn more. And it was a little bit of a different take because in dental school, you could ask the question and then the professors would break it down for you. But in my residency, it was more like, well, why don't you go find out and get back to me on that, you (laughs) know? And then so graduated, you know, and then was like a year out. And I was like, I really miss this. I really miss nerding out, you know, just really delving into it with someone and I'm very much so an auditory learner and I learn best through conversations. So, I mean, that's kind of the foundation of the podcast. I wanted to create something so that as people are driving to work, they can, they can really like learn something. I I don't know. I just, I feel like dentistry, uh, maybe, maybe not as many podcasts. It's not quite the niche as much, but I mean, there, there are definitely a lot of quality down podcasts out there for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot. And I think, you know, when I started, most of them were sort of business oriented. So that was like that kind of niche I found with like the clinical side. And of course, you know, there's been so many great podcasts that have come up since then that are clinical. I think it's it's great. Like I, I we're all so busy, right? So the multitasking component of like the audio format, it's, it's amazing because you can listen to it as you're going to work. You can, you know, go to the gym and listen to it. You can be out for a walk or a run and listen to it. And so being able to like learn something while you're doing other things is like pretty cool. And it, it t- so that's why I think people really, you know, are drawn to your podcast and your content and things because they can really, you know, instead of like sitting there for an hour, like trying to find a lecture or go to like some like CE event or uh, CPD here in Australia, uh, they just, you know, put up your podcast and just listen to it as they're going to work and pick up a few things. And, and what, so what's, what types of, like what clinical stuff do you enjoy talking about the most that you're like in it? And you're like, yes, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting something out of it myself. Well, one thing I have to say, though, that I need to take a page out of your book is I think you do a much better job of just like having a really organic, entertaining conversation as well. You know, I feel like sometimes I get so structured where I'm like, <laughs> OK, we need to tone it back a little bit, like have a little bit of fun here, you know? Yeah, but I think that just comes down to my lack of uh, preparedness for the for the interview. So I just, no, uh, no, I that's just you're able that. to think on your feet. Yeah. No, you can think on your feet better. <laughs> that's probably what it is. No, seriously, um, I think that's the mark of a, a good like presenters. They can think on their feet really fast. Whereas me, I'm like, okay, we got to send questions in advance. I got to be looking up literature in advance. So I'm prepared. Yeah, so but, plus, uh, it makes a better product in the end. I think it's different. It's like, like a highly produced, you know, movie versus like some guys like vlog on YouTube or something, right? Like they're both potentially entertaining in different ways, but different levels of work have gone into preparing them. Oh, <laughs> you're so kind. So sorry. I got us off task though. What was your, what was your question? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Like I said, from from the interviews that you've done, you've probably done about like 40 or something now, right? 38 or something, I think I saw. What's like the content, the discipline of dentistry that you enjoy most talking about? Is it like restorative? Is it perio, endo? Like, What do you like get a kick out of? You know, what's wild that doing this has really sparked my love for is 
buy my medical store to dentistry, you know, like, but it's really tough because I learned so much from it, but I have to be thinking about what's my next question. Mm -hmm. So there are times where like Dave Allman, for example, he'll be talking and then I'm just like really absorbing it. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my I need to <laughs> ask him a question. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this isn't a lecture. I need to be prepared to ask him a question. Yeah. But I didn't realize it until this endeavor, how obsessed I am with dental materials and the chemistry behind it and biomimetic dentistry. Um, so, so I would say I've really, I've really delved into that. Like I, especially like a Steve Schiffenhaus, he has a great course and mm-hmm. I've been spending a lot of my lunch breaks with a colleague really <laughs> and nerding out and watching that. Yeah. So, uh, I would say right now that's my favorite, but what about you? Um, I don't know. I, I, I tend to change my interest like a, a fair bit. I obviously I started off as more of like a clinical type of podcast and I really enjoyed just getting people's like day-to-day stories because I figured, you know, with Instagram and things, you're getting like everyone's like highlight reels and no one's like talking about the struggles. No one's talking about like, oh, I had like a shit day today or my procedures didn't go well or I uh, just like feeling a bit burnt out. So I just wanted to like talk to like real everyday dentists, not necessarily like the experts in the field and just have a chat to them about what's your day-to-day, what do you enjoy, what do you not enjoy? And obviously with the natural progression of things, you you tend to want to get more and more experts on and try and pick their brains and things. So the, the biomimetic topic just seems to be really popular in general. Like my, if I look at my top 10 like episode downloads, like Davey Allman is like <laughs> features in like three of them, four of them. Uh, and he's been so, so generous and, you know, he's become a good friend over the years. And so I've, I've enjoyed those topics because I think the day-to-day restorative work at Houston Dentistry is just like 70% of like what the general dentist would do like in a given day. So if you can just do that better, then that's like a huge, huge plus to your, like just like routine dental work. Lately, I've, I've just become really obsessed with like just like self-improvement and stuff. So I, I, I've tried, I'm trying to like, in a way, shift out of clinical um, and I'm working on a few ideas and things. So I started doing like the, uh, and I, it was a big roadblock to get onto video. I was like quite shy about like audio is one thing, but video is tough. So I started recording these like short weekly mentorship series, things about some mindfulness stuff or mindset stuff or things I was like learning in books and things I was uh, reading and listening to. Uh, so I think that's sort of the path that I think for me, I'm more passionate about than necessarily the clinical stuff that I want to explore in the next couple of years anyways. Okay. I'm a self-development junkie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And mindfulness, that's my jam. Wait, tell me more. I mean, what are your interests? Like, have you found any good books lately about that? Yeah. I, I think like habit habits are big for me. Like habit formation is really big. Um, so I, like obviously just like James Clear, Atomic Habits uh, was a big one because it kind of it made a click in my mind that like everything we do essentially can be a habit. So the sequence of like how you brush your teeth, like where, where do you start? Like quadrant one, quadrant like that's something that you just were taught and you just stuck with it, and that's that. So I think when I started analyzing sort of everything I do on a on a day to day basis as a habit that can be changed, like if there's like some intention behind it, I can I can change this. I can not have like peanut butter and jam like for breakfast i can like change it to like oatmeal or anything like anything in your life that you want to change you when you realize it's a habit and you that you can improve on so that book was is really big i just recently read uh, grit by like angela duckworth and that one was because i've always had this philosophy like the question of why is it that in any profession any line of work like that standard bell curve kind of forms right like in in dentistry where we're you know podcasting people and listening to people and seeing on instagram there's like the select few that are just like incredible, amazing clinicians. Uh, and then there's like all of us. And then there's like the few people who just like maybe don't care or like have other interests. <laughs> so they fall to that bottom of the a third of the cohort. So I was like curious always about like why are those people there where they are? Like, is it just like talent? Is it they just love the topic and they can like work at it harder than like I could because I don't necessarily have the same passion or drive for it. So that book was interesting because it kind of broke down that debate of like talent versus hard work and uh, like stick and things. So those are sort of like areas I'm trying to improve. And I think I've kind of stepped back from social media a little bit this past like year and a half and things just to kind of like just work with like work on myself and get better and like things that I'm trying to pursue. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been. And I've, I feel like when you're in something, if you know a lot about it, you feel like everyone might know that. So you, you don't value maybe the knowledge that you have. So I don't know if it's like a bit of like that imposter syndrome or, or what it is, but I decided, okay, let me just put some of the stuff out there that I've been learning. If it's like, like blatantly obvious, then like, cool like it's fine people just maybe get a bit of a review or something or it could be something new that someone hasn't thought about so that can like change some of their sort of like mindset and how they approach things in life so that sort of stuff like what about you what do you how do you like approach this kind of 
self-improvement? How do you track it? How do you look at it? Or Oh man, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like in life, no one really gives as much of a course about how to go through life, you know, and there's a lot of different philosophies. So I, I don't know, I guess that's a pretty complex question, but I think one of my favorite, like top five favorite books recently, um, have you ever heard of Into the Magic Shop? No. Oh, bonkers. Like you have <laughs> to read this book. I mean, I'm probably going to make it a habit to try to read it once a year because it's just that incredible. I mean, it's basically a kid. He grows up um, in a pretty rough home, not really going anywhere, but then kind of an early adolescence, someone teaches him the power of mindfulness and really kind of like clarifying your intent. Really kind of what that means is like really have a good idea of what your goals are. Yeah. And it turns his life around. He becomes a very successful neurosurgeon, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know. I just, I love that. Like really trying to live a mindful life is really important to me. It sounds like that's something important to you too. Yeah. Do you have any, how do you practice? Do you have like a morning routine or how do you incorporate that into your day-to-day life? Okay. <laughs> You're probably going to think I'm weird, but so <laughs> I try to like honestly employ mindfulness meditation three times a day, you know, so I'll do nice. 10 minutes before work and then 10 minutes in the evening. And then at work, this is really kind of goofy. So please don't laugh at me, <laughs> but I'm saying this <laughs> to everyone. I'll go like hide out in a bathroom during my lunch break for like 10 minutes and try to meditate yeah. because if I'm in my office, someone's going to come by for me. And if I'm outside, someone's going to think I'm a weirdo, you know, so there's really no better option. So yeah. I'll go in like one of those single restrooms, um, I'm really putting my business out there, but it's really, it's really that important to me, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure. Do you use a, an app, like a guided sort of meditation or you just do your own sort of routine? Yo, Headspace is my jam. Headspace? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I guess, so even like, you could even look at it from like a dental perspective. I, I mean, I feel like, I, I don't know, to be honest, I'm going to be totally honest. I was not one of those people that was born with incredible hand skills. Um, it's definitely had to be something I've acquired. And really applying that discipline of mindfulness to dentistry, it's made me substantially better. Like, and I'll even have to just like check back. And I I mean, some of the preps I'll do will just not be something I'm as proud of. I mean, it's clinically acceptable, but not my best work. And it's usually because, I mean, there was just so many things going through my mind, you know? Yeah. It's nice to, I've, uh, this year I kind of, left private practice a little bit and doing like a hospital-based like oral surgery residency for the year just to get like my, my surgical kind of skills because I just this is the side of dentistry I enjoy a lot and that like the the breathing techniques and like the like coming back to the moment is a big one uh, like especially in surgery especially early on when you're kind of um, learning to like push your boundaries a little bit and do things that are a little bit outside your comfort zone uh, like we all tend to like hold our breath and like start to like panic a little bit and the grip tines on the instruments and so to like have that okay it's like focus on your breathing, like get that, get, get the, uh, get the rhythm back and just like refocus on what you're doing and like stay calm. Those are like such cool tricks and things to, to incorporate. I, I used to be, I used to be very much into like the headspace meditation, guided meditation in the morning before bed. And, um, I've had like periods where I'll like, I'll really incorporate that into like my morning routine. My problem is I'm very, I'm a very like restless, like ADHD type, like uh, I struggle to like sit there. So, and that's why I've, I've, I've discovered like running and like running's just been like amazing for the past. Like I had like a history of like running here and there growing up, like just playing soccer and things, but this past two years, like just pure running. And that's like a cool meditation because it's like a triple, uh, multitask, like breathing and mindfulness, listening to like an audiobook or a podcast and exercising. So I come back, I'm like, that was sick. I just like did a lot. So, uh, there's a lot of like self-satisfaction that comes with that as well. Yeah. But okay. This is what's crazy too, though, is I can totally know what you're saying just about just like having trouble probably getting situated, getting focused. And it's the weirdest thing, right? Because it's like that prevents me from being more mindful, but Mm -hmm. yet I, in order to like deal with that, I have to like actually practice (laughs) mindfulness. I think that's, that's the, you get over that curve, right? And like learn that stillness and like calmness to do it. Anything else that you do, do like journal or anything like that? Just in terms of like self-development type yeah. stuff. Honestly, no, <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> no, no. no, there's no should or like, it's just like a personal thing, right? If you enjoy doing it or if you get value. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I don't do it anymore. Or I, I'll probably come back to it. I, I like to experiment sometimes. So I'll, I'll just, you know, lay out and I'll just decide one day. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do this for three months and I'll just do it every day. One to like, just live, develop a new habit. And two, I just think there's like, there's many periods in your, 
in your life or you know in your situation depending what you're doing where it's like a useful tool to like just like organize your thoughts and like lay out goals and things like like you mentioned earlier so that was cool like at the start of like at the end of last year like the last quarter of the year i was like let me just like see where things are going and like kind of check in so that was like a nice thing and because i was taking on more and more sort of like side hustle projects like with the podcast and starting a couple other small like dental businesses and things and i was like really struggling for a time and i was just like getting a little bit anxious and like like stress and things and that's where like i really started to take this stuff seriously because i realized if you want to like succeed in these side projects that we're doing and i'm sure you've kind of experienced you really need to like and like the way i think about it is like work on the back end like you need to your you yourself have to be so efficient and like time management skills and like sound minded to be able to like take on all these things additional to like just your day job and be able to like get a good output uh otherwise if you start falling apart at the seams and then like the projects kind of dip out or you dip out of work um or your relationships with like your, your family and your partner and things can dip out so if i think if you need ambition or if you have ambition you got to really have like a good solid core foundation of yourself first so that's that journaling was cool like, i did that for like 100 straight days and uh, i got a lot out of it and i go back and check up on it periodically because i ran down some goals and then that's the cool part when you've fast forward six months and you've like accomplished a goal that you set out. And I think that I like that gamification of, of life as well, which is cool. Yes. Okay. So going back to what you were talking about with side projects, I really love what you said because this year starting this, it has been so fulfilling. I have no regrets about it. I'm so happy that I'm doing it, but I, this is probably the busiest that I've ever been. And there are times where, yeah, I mean, I'll just get so anxious about it. And then I realize. I'm doing this to myself. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> electing to do this. Yeah. So it's, it's really weird because I used to be the kind of person where it was all about be as productive as conceivably possible. And now it's a lot more about just being as strategic as possible with my time. And I, I mean, I feel like you can definitely relate to this, right? Because especially like with your super successful podcast, I feel like at all hours of the day, especially like in Australia, cause you're working a lot with people in the States, someone's definitely trying to get a hold of you and it always feels urgent. Can I mean, can you attest to that where it's like <laughs> emails, texts, like Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And, and it, it is actually, most of it is important. It's not just in your head. It is important, but you have to be sane. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, I think we struggle with that. A couple of things that I, I, I picked up, um, I think it was a book called like getting things done. And it had this thing called like the, the 30 second rule. So if there's you know, you can have your own like to-do list for the day. And if something comes across your desk or you get an email or a text and you can like feasibly like sort that out within 30 seconds, like don't add that then to the top, bottom of your to-do list for the day. Just like do it then and there because then it's just like one less thing to worry about in the future. So that's one thing that I've been trying to kind of incorporate a little bit. So, because I'm, I'm really bad at that though. Like I, as I, like I say that, like I, I know in principle I should be doing this more and more, but I'll have like Instagram messages or DMs or an email from someone reaching out for an interview. And I just like, I'll put it off and I'll just be like two weeks later. I'm like, oh crap. And then the longer it goes, you're almost like embarrassed now. You're like, I just left it for so long. It's like embarrassing to like reply. And it just becomes like this whole like, you know, negative, negative cycle. So yeah, I think we, we can do the best with it. Uh, for me, what I love about the podcast in particular is it just creates like a nice accountability in your, in your like life and gives like a bit of a routine in that way as well. Because you, if you've committed to, okay, every other Monday, every Thursday, I'm going to like release an episode. If you don't, like no one truly will care, I guess you'll know. And like some of the people that listen to your podcast will know. I've had times in this past couple of years where I've like really dipped and like my, I haven't put an episode out for like a month sometimes just because like life things get in the way. And, and that's okay too. Like it's not, you know, this is not our day job. This is not, we're not, this is like the beauty of like self-employment, I guess in a way, like no one's our boss to be like, yo, you didn't put out an interview this month. Like what's wrong with you? Like, so I think it's okay to like be easy on yourself in that regard as well. And if something happens, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do another one next month. I'll do it better next month. So I think giving you permission, yourself permission to like not be like perfect all the time is also okay. But kind of speaking on the number of podcasts, how surprised were you about how hard it actually is to start a podcast? Like basically kind of the impetus for starting this. Like I've, I've always wanted to do something like this. I feel yeah. like it's right up my alley. I'm so grateful to be doing it. But the thing that lit the fire under my butt was that a really good friend of mine from undergrad, his name's Julian Gluck. Last year he got in the Forbes top 30 under 30. Wow. And you know, like when someone close to you, like <laughs> does something really incredible, you're like, what am I doing? Like, I need to get my life together. And so that was, I was like, that's it. 
we're going to make this happen. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted yeah. to do this, but oh my gosh, like so much harder than I thought. I thought it was going to be as easy as like, oh, I'll just buy this $20 mic on Amazon and start <laughs> popping out episodes. What's the, what aspect of it do you find most challenging? Honestly, getting the audio quality down for me yeah. personally, like it took, it took a long time and I had really incredible guests come in on the earlier episodes. And so I would never get rid of those episodes because the content's so good, but the audio quality has come so far. And I honestly, I don't have a background as an audio engineer. And so, and there's just, there's actually so many resources out there about how to improve audio quality that you get lost. You know, you don't know who to listen to. Yeah. Do you do your own editing and everything still? I actually found a wonderful audio engineer um, and you guys can send me a direct message on Instagram. <laughs> if you want his contact info, he's awesome. His name is Jack at Hearsay Productions. Um, and and he he's been a discount a now for the next one for the shout out. <laughs> no, no. He honestly, like, he's honestly so legit that I'm yeah. happy to do that. Yeah. You know, like whenever people That's do great. a good job, I want to throw their name out there. Okay. Yeah. But what about you? Like when you started it, did you, were you like, well, this is way harder than I thought. Or were you like, oh. I was born for this. <laughs> no, I, I, I really, enjoy, I enjoyed the whole process. Um, you know, it's, you know, you, you do things kind of like growing up and you, you don't necessarily think, okay, maybe this will be handy in the future. Like, I guess, you know, similar to you, I was a bit of like a high school, like closet nerd. So I would like, you know, be into like sports and I'd be a soccer player, basketball and all these things. And then I come home and I'm like very introverted in a way. So I, I'm very comfortable just like being by myself and just like working on a project for like hours at a time. So I used to be big, big into like Photoshop and like trying to like learn like graphic design and things. So, so that portion of it was cool at the start, like learning how to like set up a website, uh, learning to like make my logo. How do you publish a podcast? How do you like host a podcast? So those early like grassroots things, I really like got a kick out of like just going to tutorials and like learning how to do all that. And then I guess the interview part, like, I hadn't really thought about that. So that's something that now is like my, my passion more so maybe than like audio quality and things. Oh yes, that's good. I like that. What do you feel like is one of one of the most important habits you're implementing right now? Like for me, for example, I've gotten really into sleep hygiene and getting eight and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I I was big on the sleep thing as well. And again, just circling back to like uh, Peter Atia's podcast, he had um, I forget the author's name, but this book called like Why We Sleep. So it was it was like a three hour podcast. You should listen to this if you've read that book and you're a fan of it. So it's like a three hour podcast on like sleep hygiene, the science of sleep, why it's important in terms of, you know, mental function, physical function, all these things. So that, that was something that I focused on a lot, trying to get like, just like more set times, like trying to just like go to bed by like 1030, try and wake up at like 530 and like get that same routine down. For me right now, it's just like running and diet. I, mean, I experiment a lot with diet just for like, just for the hell of it. So um, I've gone, like I saw like that Game Changers like, documentary on Netflix and so like for the past, like, I don't know, four months probably now I've gone like pure, like plant-based. I've like cut out like all like proteins and uh, animal, animal protein and stuff. I still have like egg and like fish every so often and things, but so that's been fun. And then I just pick random, I pick like a 5k distance or a 10k distance. And, uh, we train to like, you know, set P like PBs on that right now. I have a good group of uh, friends that we run with. So I think outside of work probably my biggest focus in life is just like running essentially. And then everything else is like tertiary to that, like in terms of the podcast and side hustles and things. We have so much in common and like, we didn't even know it. Yeah. Okay. First off, uh, why we sleep huge, like amazing book yeah. uh, that has altered a lot of things. Like I've become very strict on like caffeine and honestly avoiding alcohol a lot of yeah. the time. Um, that is an incredible book. So I, I kind of keep this on the download because people that really put it out there that they're vegan, it's kind of annoying, but yeah. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been a vegan for like two plus years now. Closet vegan now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I don't know. I think it's gotten a bad rep, but yeah. it's incredible. And, uh, are you finding that hard to do though? Because when I first started out, I was like, what am I going to eat? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, uh, how do I put this? I guess like I, I think we're so busy, right? Like we, we take on so many things. So I try and eliminate as much decisions and like variables, like, like the Steve Jobs approach of like wearing the same, like same outfit every day type thing. So I essentially just eat like the same like meals every day. Like if I go to work, I just have like this like lentil, like Indian, uh, like lentil doll thing I make, which I just like batch cook it on Sunday and I got it for the whole week, like oats in the morning. And I was just like, at nights I'll have like avocados and like tomato and like stuff like that. So I, I, 
really like my, I'd spend no time thinking about what I eat because I just like have like very set things that I eat. And then that just frees me up to like do other things. So I think a lot of people like waste a lot of time. Like they get that decision fatigue. All right, what's for dinner tonight? What are we doing for lunch? What are we doing here and there? And I just try and it's very boring. Uh, mind you, and I, my colleagues make fun of me all the time because I have the same thing for lunch every day. But I, I, I just, I find very like, it's a very simple life that way. No, that I literally do the exact same thing. Like I will have the same breakfast, the same lunch, the same snacks, the same dinner every day until I just get tired of it. So, I mean, <laughs> I've been going on on like six weeks eating the exact same thing because I just like, I don't care about cooking. I've never had a passion for it and good for you. If you like it, that's awesome. But that's so much work. I mean, oh yeah. And it makes grocery shopping so easy, (laughs) but I thrive with routine. Like I do very well with very predictable, straightforward (laughs) things. So dentistry is perfect for you then. Oh, what do you mean? Like dentistry is like a very like methodical stepwise type of thing for the most part. Like if, if you're doing fillings, all right, we're going to etch, we're going to like bond, we're going to, like, it's a very, like, for people who like sequence and order, I think it's like a nice profession that way. Like the OCD aspects of our, our beings are like highlighted in dentistry a lot, I think. I don't know if it is though. I don't know because I feel like I would almost say it's, it's almost the exact opposite. Like I, for whatever reason, I really like taking out thirds and it's like, yeah. I think I like it because you would think it's like you're shucking the same teeth every single time but it's like every time it presents a new challenge like yeah. I, I don't know every time I'm doing a restoration like it always presents a new challenge every time I sedate someone they all sedate a little bit differently like <laughs> I, I don't know no, I don't know I, about that I, I'd have to say I disagree with you yeah it's fine I think it's it's good it's a good debate to have I guess what I mean by it is like I, I did Kois like I went to Kois um maybe like a year and a half ago like December and what I loved, like one of my biggest takeaways, like apart from the clinical stuff, obviously, which was great, was how his whole life is very like structured and very like his whole like mantra is like it needs to be reproducible, it needs to be predictable. So I think that's like the lesson in dentistry. Of if you're doing good dentistry, everything you do should be very predictable. Like it should, yes, like surgeries, surgeries are different beasts sometimes, and uh, like you'll split a tooth and it's like um, like it's it doesn't crack the way you want it to crack, or uh, the bone's denser and it's not cooperating and things, but especially for like adhesive restorative dentistry, like once you're like the Amazon and you're kind of doing your thing, it's a very like, it's almost like a recipe, right? You got like, just like this for this many seconds, you got to like sandblast it, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I think that's like a very stepwise reproducible sort of approach to it. Like you're not, you're not like thinking on the fly often in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess in a sense though, I'd almost make the argument that in many regards, a lot of times it does employ some critical thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. like I really like with indirect restorations, how that's really changed a lot where there's kind of this move away from just doing standard crowns. And I really like that idea of almost having, as I'm working, referencing different literature articles (laughs) in my mind thinking about how I'm going to approach it, you know? Um, But yeah. So I I guess I would almost say I disagree. I don't really have a but. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's totally cool. You don't have to agree on everything, I guess. Yeah, I think there's, there's there's that availability in terms of like decision making that goes into it. But I I it might be just that maybe I'm like operating at a lower level, like clay. But I, I just I thought of it like I got really bored of like just doing routine dentistry. Like just like I thought it was just, like the same thing over and over again. Like like the diag the diagnostic portion of it is very like is like it could be like three things. And you kind of get good at it, and you're just like okay, it could be this or this or this. And yeah, so that, that was for me. That was like why I like surgery maybe more because uh, it was it was it had that little bit of added variability to it compared to like other things. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Tell me about your surgery residency. What are you doing there? That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I guess it's similar to what you guys would have, sort of like the oral surgery, kind of like an AGD type thing. It's weird because I'm like kind of doing it like backwards. Like I've worked for like three years and I just did it now instead of like doing it as a new grad. But it's cool. I mean, it's it's within the dent. So in in Australia, we have dental hospitals. Um, so it's the, where the dental students train with the universities. Um, there's a full hospital just like for dental. Like all the specialists are there under one roof type thing. And so the oral surgery department there is. We have a public system in in Australia for for dentistry as well. So it's like two tiered. So it's private and public. So the public clinics will refer centrally. So all the within the community and within the catchment area will refer their tricky cases. Uh, medically compromised, you know, uh, difficult aids and things centrally to the hospital and we manage it there. So it's been good. Like in terms of, I'm not going to get some sort of special credential or anything at the end of it. Like I'm, it's not like a formal, like specialty training, 
Uh, but it's just like a year of like full immersion into surgery. So we just pretty much take out a lot of AIDS. We, you know, medically compromised, like medically compromised patients for their extractions and things. A lot of like pre-prosthetic surgery. So I think by the end, unfortunately, there's no implants, which I would have liked, like a bit more of an implant sort of uh, aspect to it. But uh, I think the goal is like after this sort of year, I'll just go back to private and just kind of try and limit my scope to more surgery and just like implant industry. I think that's like something I just get a, more of a kick out of than the restorative side. Yeah, no, I definitely dig that. I think honestly, prior to doing this podcast, I wasn't quite as into restorative dentistry. I kind of thought it was just mindless drill and fill. And then, you know, you realize there's the so science, much to it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oops, I did a <laughs> lot of things wrong in the past. What is this uh, retention and resistance form <laughs> we're talking about here? Yes. Like what I love about surgery, have you ever skied before? Yeah. I'm a big scare. You know how, yeah. Like on those double blacks where you're like, am I going to wipe out? Am I yeah. going to wipe out? Oh no, I made it. Like, yeah. and you're so confident. It's like, that's how I feel with <laughs> surgery. I think that's what I like about it. You're like, is this wisdom tooth going to come out? Am I going to get it out? Yeah. Oh, it's out. I got yeah. it. Like, yeah. Like, you know what I'm feeling. saying? Is that how you feel yeah, about and it? I, what I love about it is it's very like, like definitive in a way. So like, yes, obviously there can be like post-op issues and complications and things, but uh, like you can do a great endo and you're like, okay, let's, let's, uh, we'll see you in a year and see how things are going. Like see if what, what it did actually worked and we got a good outcome. But when you take a tooth out, like if you get it out, then like it's like job done. So you're like, okay, sweet. That was good. Like you have that immediate like feedback that you accomplished what you were set out to accomplish, which I, which I like. You don't have to kind of wait and see if you have a successful outcome or not. What I was going to ask you is tell me a little bit about the for the podcast, I saw that you like announced that you sort of had like a partnership with uh, AGD to get like CPD, like CE credits and things. How did that come about? It's such a great idea. That's so kind. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, the Academy of General Dentistry. So it's my understanding there's kind of two sources where people can get CE. You know, mm. the American Dental Association Academy of General Dentistry. I literally flipped a coin, went with the <laughs> AGD, put in my application. And so now the podcast is a PACE approved provider. So People can get continuing education for listening to podcasts, which I'm super jazzed about. That's awesome. Um, super, yeah. super grateful we got that. But the goofy thing, um, and don't fault me for this, but I didn't think we were going to get it. <laughs> so I didn't build the infrastructure because yeah. actually, like what's involved, there's a lot of requirements, you know, like they actually have to take a quiz, fill out a survey, like get a certificate. It wow. has to get reported to the AGD. Like, so I didn't build that infrastructure. So I have a wonderful web designer and we are like hauling right now to get that set up. Yeah. So, so people can like listen to an episode, then not like go on your website, answer like a quiz and like download the certificate if they pass or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, most likely we're going to do a membership type thing, but yeah, I, I know that, I know that sounds bad because I feel like a person should in theory believe in themselves enough that it's going to happen and mm-hmm. plan ahead. But I was like, I don't want to do all this work if we're not going to get it, you know? And yeah. you know what I'm saying? Do you ever do that? No, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, it shows great initiative and great, um, like creativity. Cause I, how many, how many year, like years have people been doing podcasts and I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's other people that do similar things, but I haven't personally come across one that has like incorporated like getting actual CPD credits and things for it. So, so I think it's awesome. Well done. No, I appreciate that. And so you got 50,000 downloads recently, right? That's huge. I'm sure you're past it by now. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So I was, like I said, I was, I had a, a lot of up and down times where I just like was just changing jobs and, you know, moving and things. So I didn't do much. So it took a while to get to 50, but the second 50s come a lot quicker. So it's, it's nice to see that. I think that's one of the cool things about, you know, when you put in work and you like see the direct results, like that one-to-one kind of output to input, that's really motivating to like keep going. Cause you think it's, it's up to me. If I, the more I put into it, the more I can kind of get out of it, the more things can grow, the more opportunities can open up. So yeah. So I, 50, that 50 took a while. It took like almost like, I'm sure you've, you've probably surpassed that if you haven't already, like very quickly, but yeah. So that's, like I said, luckily the past six months have just been much more accelerated in their growth. So yeah, I, so I you're guess I'm already at a hundred thousand then. Yeah, just just recently just crossed that. Um, That's that amazing. So yeah, it's cool. It's uh, unless there's like some uh, errors with the uh, with the metrics or something, but uh, like the curve looks like the the stock market right now, just like massively inflated. So I'm like waiting for the bubble to burst and crash back down, but uh, enjoying the ride for now. No, no, that that's seriously awesome. Like that's a huge accomplishment. You should be very proud. I think people might not know like how hard it is to get hundred thousand. So that's so impressive. Like, I think especially when I was first starting out, the first 10, like 
sometimes people will be like, okay, it was like, how many listeners do you have now? Like, you must have like 60,000. I was like, oh, yeah, right. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's harder now as well. I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, like with podcasting, especially, it's it's hard to get metrics. Like, it's hard to know, okay, like, what's a good download number? Because like, you can't compare yourself to like Joe Rogan podcast, like, and it'll get like 3 million downloads per episode or like, so it's, it's such a like, especially like dental, clinical dental podcast. It's so niche. Like it's, how, how do you compare that? Like, who do you compare yourself to? And so it's hard to know if you're actually like growing or like kind of just like fizzling out or, so you kind of just got to trust your own or set your own metrics, I guess, and decide, okay, this is like worthwhile. I'm doing something that people are actually getting value out of. Yeah. So I think it's, it's tricky, but it, it, it's, it takes time. I think you'll have like those moments. I'm sure you've seen in your downloads where like you're averaging maybe for the first couple, like a few hundred and then you'll have like a guest and all of a sudden, Oh, it like doubled. Like I'm getting like from 200 to 400 and 800. And then I think the cool thing now, and I think that's why I've been able to the second 50,000 came so much quicker was because you have a b- big library of episodes now. Right. So any new person that finds your podcast, instead of downloading like one, will be like, Oh, cool. Like look at all these guests that they've been on. Let me download like these five or six episodes. So it kind of snowballs that way. I think that's where the big numbers start to come in. No, that's really impressive though. Like, I just want to ask, how did you not give up at the start? Because there were like, there were a lot of times where, I mean, I would honestly just I'd go cry. I was like, this <laughs> is so much work. What have I done? You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. It was, it was quite slow. I just, I just, I had like some goals, I guess, like I wanted to get like X amount of downloads. And I, I remember I, like when I first started, my friends were like, if you get a thousand, like that's pretty impressive. So like when I got my first thousand, I was like, oh man, I got like a thousand dollars. Like that's crazy. And then from like a thousand to like 10,000 took a while. And I was like, oh, well, if I ever get 10,000, that'd be pretty sweet. Like I'll be pretty happy with that. And, and yeah, so I think that's, I, I don't know if it's like a personality thing that we have or uh, like we're never like content. And I, and I just, I hate that idea of like just being content at any point in life. Just like, you always want to just like, okay, push the yardstick a little bit further. Let's, let's just see if we can, can we get 120? Can we get 150? So yeah, so I, in terms of goals and things, I, when I got to 50, I was like, oh man, if I can get to like 80,000 by the end of 2020, like I'll be really happy with that. Uh, and then to see it like go beyond that, that's such a like, you feel really good about that and really motivates you to like keep going with it. And I guess it's, the branding is a bit limiting. So like the newbie dentist, like there's only so many years I can like be like the newbie dentist, I guess. So um, you know, I, I talk to friends and things and try and figure out sort of uh, if there's like a natural ending point or like a pivot point into another project. So I have something in mind that I'm hopefully will do. And I don't know if I'll end this and then do that or just like maybe bring in somebody else to like host this just to keep the the brand there and functioning. But yeah, I just think it's in life too. You got to be ready to like move on to the next opportunity sometimes when it presents itself. Let me ask, like, are you open to saying what what you think it's going to go or is that still in the works? Uh, it's still in the works. It's, it's, it's another podcast. Like I love the medium of podcasting, but I think it's something that, uh, ties in my interests a little bit better all like all together. And I think it's something that, and it's silly because I, I, I think of the people I look up to like in the podcasting world and I always think, okay, how can I get them on the pod, on my podcast or how can I be on their podcast? And I, with the newbie dentist, I think there's a cap to like the type of people that I can get that I, I want to get because it might not be dentists or it might not be doctors. So this new project, I think is like an avenue where I, of like long-term, I'm like, can I get this person on the podcast? And then that's like my target. So that's how I sort of I reverse engineered it. Nice. No, that's super smart. What's the topic going to be? Uh, so it's going to be, so it's it's centered on running. Um, so it's going to be like, a, I don't know, like I don't have a full, I don't have a good brand or a name for it yet, but I think it's essentially, it's going to be an idea of interviewing doctors and dentists, like healthcare professionals that also do endurance sports and, 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 or just are, are committed to something else in life outside of their profession um, that they care a lot about. So, uh, and just trying to like, you know, share their cool stories and, and try and like tie back to mental health for physicians and, and dentists and things. So I think that's like the idea of it is like starting off as like a podcast and then hopefully becoming like a not-for-profit like organization hosting events for, you know, like raising money for like mental health for doctors and dentists and things. So that's like where like long-term I can see it sort of hopefully getting to, but yeah, I guess we got to start somewhere. And I, I guess I, you start off with like getting the Instagram handle and like getting the website and then slowly just getting some organic followers and then kind of growing it out that way. So I, I like that we've, I've gone through it once now, so I can hopefully get some shortcuts and do things a bit better the second time around. Yeah, absolutely. And then you said you're also involved in other side projects as well. 
Yeah, this is where it gets starts to get silly. Like, so we have another a good friend of mine, like David Keir, who has a podcast here in Australia as well called uh, Dental Head Start. And so we kind of just connected, obviously, as we were both dentists and podcasters. And we started a because I was it was at the end of last year and I was journaling a lot, like I was mentioning earlier. So we wrote like a daily journal, like similar to like you know like the five minute journal, like structured daily. What's my and it was like specific for dentists. So like, what's my goals? Uh, what three things do I want to improve in my clinical dentistry today? And then they'll have like accountability check-ins like once a week, once a month. So we started that company called like Foresight Dental. So we like published a book and started selling it. And so that was cool. We just sold that business to like the uh, Australian Dental Association. So that was like our first like exit, which is kind of exciting. Nothing like nothing crazy to like write home about, but just to have done that was cool. So our thing that we're working on right now is it's called CPD Junkie. So I guess like similar to CE in Australia, we call it like continuing professional development uh, instead of continuing education. Uh, so CPD Junkie is essentially like a search engine for CPD courses available in Australia. So like we just try and make it like comprehensive and have everything there in one place. So if you're looking for any course, you just come and search it uh, on that directory. So then we're working on that and trying to grow to that. Obviously, it was tough this year with like so many events being canceled and not many actual events running, but it's good. We just took the time to develop the website, develop the systems. And uh, yeah, so we're using the money from the other sale of the the journal to like pump into this one. So hopefully we get somewhere with it. So then do you sleep at all? <laughs> I Yeah, I, 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 the sleep hygiene is important. I, I, we've got good at... That's crazy. Yeah, we've got good at um, like outsourcing. I think it was a big... Like, you know, as especially I'm sure you, you can relate to this, is like as a content creator, you want it in your control. Like you're a bit of a control freak, right? Like I want it done my way. This is like my vision. I want to do it. So you kind of tend to do things yourself. So you're creating it, you're editing it, you're publishing it, you're writing up the show notes. So I think what I've learned is to like, you know, like outsource as much as you can, if you can, if you can do it. And then it just frees you up to like focus on the bigger things and um, higher level goals and stuff. So yeah, I think that's been like the cool learning curve this past couple of years, like learning to trust people or give them like clear enough tasks and things so they can like deliver sort of what your vision is. Uh, and then you can just focus on creating other things or, or like reaching out to people and building relationships and, and doing it that way. Yes. I totally agree with you. I guess what's your, so what's your goal for like, where do you see dental digest uh, podcast in five years time? You know, that's a great question. Like I, I, I don't know. I think part of it is it's kind of a wave that I'm just continuing to ride. Honestly, it's kind of wild because I think you can absolutely relate to this. These projects you start, they, I, I feel like it always ends up being better than you thought it would be, but it's also way different than you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just like so grateful for how this has evolved. I, I really want it to become like a strong player in dental education. You know, I think I'm going to be honest. I don't see, it's kind of sad. I don't know what's up with it, but here in the States, dentistry is pretty male dominated. And I don't think that's necessarily anyone's fault. I think that's kind of how the chips have fallen, but I really, I want to bring, there's a lot of strong women in dentistry. And I think kind of, yeah, I, I think I'm just kind of seeing like in dentistry, there was a whole, in our profession, I don't think we're doing a good enough job really identifying and recognizing that talent. I'm seeing like a lot of dental supply companies for speakers. They're picking kind of a lot of the same type <laughs> of person. Um, yeah. and, and that's unfortunate, you know? So yeah, yeah, I think that's, that, cool. that's kind of where I'm hoping it's going to go. I hope it's a strong player in education. Yeah. I think having that, it's always, I personally find it very helpful to like have that big sort of like value like guiding the way. So if like, if you want to like, you know, empower women in dentistry and that's like, that's your like idea of it and everything else will kind of fall into that. Like that's the motivating like force behind you. I think you can do a lot more than, okay, my goal is to like make whatever, like 30 grand off the podcast per year, or I want to do this per year. Or um, I think having that bigger, higher power thing and guiding you is like an awesome way of doing it. Yeah. Cause one thing I will say is, so, you know, like a lot of the people we bring on, it's a lot about evidence-based dentistry. And so a lot of times we'll have the authors of literature articles come on and, it's just kind of really disappointing how few women out there are published in dentistry. Mm -hmm. I I don't have like a great explanation for why that's the case. And there are absolutely some out there that are really strong, but I I really hope that in 20, 30 years time, there's a lot more of them, you know? For sure. And I think maybe it's like a lagging effect of like, 
any dental school around it, like anywhere in the world pretty much now is like probably more female than male, if anything, right? It's not even 50-50 anymore, I don't think. So um, no, I'm sure I don't like, know about that. You think it's more men like my, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like my dental school class, I think ended up graduating was like 35% women or something really? like that. And yeah. Like in my cohort in dental school, I think we're like, 55 or 60 percent female okay but regardless it's it's reaching parity so i think it'll take time for like the workforce to like that to impact the work like the workforce the academic positions and so i'm sure it's coming it's just a matter of just a little bit more time and and people just like stepping up and 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 like pushing the boundaries and getting there yeah absolutely awesome that's it's been awesome it's been good to chat i i like talking to you know like-minded people people who are like motivated people like to yeah, just do cool things because it's it's so easy like just not to do it right like you can just, mm-hmm. i'm sure you put a lot of time into this that you can spend doing other things that are maybe more fun or like you get a different sort or easier uh necessarily but when you when you like hit these resistance points you know for example like getting the agd certi- uh, certification and not having the back infrastructure there like these resistance points are like once you overcome that it's like really cool on the other side because it just like opens up like a whole new set of doors and opportunities for you right so keep going, keep pushing through the the boundaries, I guess, or the resistance points as they come up and the, the sky's the limit. Yeah, no, absolutely. You too. Like it's, I am so inspired by what you've done. Like I was listening to you long before I even existed, you know, as a podcast. And so I, I am like very inspired by what you're doing and just how forward thinking you are. And I'm super excited, like just in two years, five years, 10 years to see what you're building and creating to our profession. So I'm really honored that you thought of me and we did this and we put this together i mean this is really creative so thank you yeah thanks a lot thanks for the opportunity nice to meet you melissa thank you for tuning in for another episode of the newbie dentist podcast please be sure to subscribe and head over to itunes and give the show a five-star rating For all show notes and to access all previous episodes, head over to www.newbedentist.com. Have a great day.